755 is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty. Welcome, welcome to 755 is real. I'm David O'Brien, Braves writer for The Athletic. I'm with Eric O'Flaherty, former Braves reliever, the co-host. And man, Eric, we wanted some action. We're sure as hell getting it. <laughs> you got it. A lot going on. Oh, man. Just uh, where to begin? Let's start local since we are a Braves podcast first and foremost. We'll get to the bigger issues. But for the big issue for the Braves right now is last night. For those people who wondered, we've been asked how short the leash they thought the leash would be or if I thought there'd be a short leash. Well, we got the answer last night because Mike Fultonavich gave up six runs, four walks, three homers in three and a third innings last night in his first start of the season. And he got DFA'd before the end of the game. So, that was shocking. He, I mean, you know, it's not shocking to me he got DFA'd. It's shocking to me it happened in the first start of the season, you know? Uh, yeah. But, but the Braves, it was a reminder. It's a 60-game season. There's a sense yeah. of urgency. And they just don't see with the velo. It'd be one thing if he's walking a lot of guys and throwing 95, yeah. 96 still. But he's not. He's throwing 89, 90. And I just don't think they saw – any reason to believe he was going to get it back in a 60-game season and why they couldn't keep running him out there. Well, you need time. You know, it's a lot of times if if your velocity is down too, teams will just suspect an injury. And if you're saying you're fine, but they don't believe you, you know, they want to get rid of you before Mm -hmm. or get you off that 40-man before they have to pay for the surgeries and the rehab and all that. So, I mean, that could be a threat too. But, yeah, if he was throwing 98 and put up the exact same line yesterday, I think he's still brave. Uh, all the reasons getting asked all the reasons for the uh, for the loss of velo, and if people knew why his velocity was down so much, there would have been an answer by now, and he'd be working on it. The Braves don't have an answer; he doesn't have an answer. The obvious one that and and I asked Snit about this last night after the game. I, you know, I've noticed it from day one of spring training, but it's not something you write about till it affects a guy. Uh, he's noticeably thinner. He's like, he looks 20 pounds lighter than he did two years ago. He looks about 10 pounds lighter than he did last year. And at a, from, at a certain point, I think you lose so much muscle tone and weight that for a power pitcher, you look at his skinny legs and arms and, and his torso and you go, where's the power going to come from? And that could be a reason, obviously, why the velo's down. It might, and, you know, I'm not an expert, but Snit did say he's thinner and that might have something to do with it. Yeah, you know, like you can – a lot of times guys kind of adopt new regimens and, and diets and all this stuff and workout routines. And I think the big problem, you know, as long as he's not hurt because he's had the elbow stuff, but as long as he's not hurt, you know, you don't know where you're at velocity-wise until you get on a stadium gun or TV gun or something like that because it, I've had years where I thought I was throwing gas and I get to camp, everything feels great, and that first game I'm 85, 86. And then you kind of realize, okay, I need to tweak some things because I'm way down. And, and you have this time to be patient when it's spring training and there's six weeks to go or you get in your first game, there's a month to go. He might have had that realization after that start against the Marlins. And, you know, some of his quotes sounded like he was almost trying to convince himself everything was okay. Um, but if you have that realization in spring training, then you then you could say, all right, I need to eat more, put some weight on, do some different stuff, maybe back off the cardio and and build it but there's no time to build it right now and you can't just make a decision to gain seven miles an hour you know you gotta you have to make tweaks that play out over a month month and a half yeah um and i think that you know his thought was probably once the season started the bright lights come on it'll be there so you never want to panic you know you never want to try to throw hard but you know that first game against the uh that the marlins i think it was that that exhibition game and then his start yesterday you're 88 to 90 it's like you know, there's just no time to, yeah. to make that tweak. And I don't I don't think, you know, if he was doing his workouts the whole time and everything felt good, he could have thought he had normal velocity. And he gets under the gun and looks up and says, you know, sees 88. You can't just say, all right, yeah. it's going to be 94 next pitch. You know, you, it, it takes time to make those adjustments. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think he has the time right now. And the Braves, if they had any options on him left, they just option him to a triple right. A, but they don't. So they can't option him. So they will trade him or they will – they will uh outright him to the Gwinnett camp because they're not going to release him. If they released him, they'd have to pay us over a little over 2 million of it, which is his prorated portion of his six point yeah, four. So they're not going to do that because then they'll have to pay a salary. So you'll at least send him to Gwinnett. And if he opted and people said, well, couldn't he opt for free agency with his, with it? Cause of service time. 
Well, he'd be foregoing his $2 million salary because nobody's going to pick him up and pay him more as a free agent, you know? With, it was 60- hard to get traded for, too, because people were, teams are going to think he's hurt throwing, throwing, you know, losing six miles an hour. Right, and that's why everybody's checking. Teams are checking right yeah. now. Is there something wrong with this guy? Um, and and you saw the contracts that free agents signed this winter. Uh, if it was a full season, he would have probably had to, to settle for like a $1 million contract if he made the major league roster, you know, given the situation he's in right now, like Felix Hernandez did with the velo down and all that. So he's not going to get $2 million if he if he opts for free agency. So no, I mean I could see a team kind of a team that's not trying to win a division, you know, that doesn't have high aspirations this year, picking yeah. them up and seeing if maybe they can make some tweaks, get them get some some weight back on them or something, and and see if he his velocity comes up, and you know maybe over another couple starts it will. You know, I, I wasn't his mechanics looked the same, he just didn't have that oomph on it. You know, right. he didn't have that extra that extra gear. But yeah, that's the problem. Somebody asked me, is it mechanics? And I said, there's no discernible difference in the mechanics. It's just a skinnier version of the guy that threw 98 a couple years ago. And the the velo wasn't even a a big problem in spring training because I asked Snit and he goes, you know, I said, was the the velocity always down at 89, 90 even in spring training? Because we didn't have radar guns on on most of the uh, spring training ballparks. And Snit Snit said it wasn't a, a topic of discussion. So it wasn't. So, you know, and they had guns, so they and they weren't talking about it there. He goes, So obviously the three and a half months shutdown. He's one of those guys that was out throwing like six times a week with uh Soroka and uh Nuke. But yeah. he didn't have access to a gym and all that. He wasn't working lifting lifting weights and who knows what he was eating. Yeah. So I think even the, while he was trying to be diligent and throw all the time. I, I don't think he was doing anything else like lifting and aerobics or, you know, running that kind of stuff. I think he was just throwing. And like you said, he wouldn't notice the velo going down if he didn't have a gun, if he's just out throwing, you know, flat grounds, one bullpen and one uh, live BP a week and all that. You know, I, I could see where you really wouldn't see, you know, the velo dropping two or three miles an hour. Well, obviously. So I had a few spring trainings where I lost a ton of weight and, and one year I did it by just working out three hours a day and, eating everything in sight. And I, and I think the difference, you know, in the two years for me, 2010, I did it and I showed up and I was answering a lot of questions from front office people, you know, cause I look so, I look so much leaner in 2009. I was like 225. I came into camp 2010 at, at like 202. I remember that. Yeah. And so I had to answer a lot of questions and my first outing, I was 94 and it, there was no more questions after uh-huh. that. But then, you know, I'd, a couple more years, I'd proven myself, and I, I kind of went on a diet before the 2012 season, and I, and it, it was just different. You know, I was, I was eating a lot less carbs, and I think that what can happen is you run out of that glycogen, and the sugars like the sugar in your muscles is what gives you the power. So if he was doing it, if he lost that weight by just eating like really clean, mm-hmm. and and not really, you know, maybe not working out like as hard as you can in a gym. You know, you can't hit the weights as hard and stuff like that when you're just at home. Um, he could just be out of power, you know, and he might just need to put on. That's what it looks like, man. Just ten pounds of pizza weight, you know. If, if sometimes it's good for you, and you know, he he could have got to the camp this year, and and so those years when I got to camp, I didn't know how I was gonna do. I knew I was feeling really good and athletic when I threw. It felt the exact same coming out of my hand. In 2012, my first outing was 85, 86, and I was like, shit, I better start putting some weight on. And I did. I put on another 10 pounds from there, but it took a month right before the season started. It took a full month to get up to 91, 92 where I was normally out or normally at, but it felt the same coming out of my hand. So you don't get that feedback when you're throwing on some backfield at a high right. school against your your buddies. Right. And then and then you come in you come into camp and you're thinking, well, you know, the velo will be there, the velo will be there, but the Braves just don't have time to wait right now for him to figure out why it's down. I mean, I'd guess it's for me it looks like weight, man. His his shoulders looked really yeah. really skinny he just looked really skinny yesterday and you know years and years of losing weight it seems like he's lost more weight each year each year he looks like a distance runner i mean he doesn't look unhealthy he just doesn't look like a baseball player or pitcher he doesn't look like yeah. a, and certainly doesn't look like a power pitcher you know but he's a power guy like if you see a guy like um, he's a stuffed guy and he doesn't have stuff right now diaz the closer for the mets uh-huh. he's probably 160 pounds but he's extremely rotational you know he's not getting like right. that linear leg drive that that fulty gets and right. if, if your legs are gone, your legs are feeling weak, man, you just, you can't produce the velo. So, 
I mean, it could easily be a thing where he just needs to get some food back in him, you know, and get some weight back and, and he's not he needs hurt. a little time. So no, it's not well, going to, and he's 29. It's not even 29. It's not going to shock me if the guy puts on 15, 20 pounds, pounds of yeah. muscle now because now he's hit kind of rock bottom. It's a wake up call. And yeah. if, some, if he gets with the right trainer and guys tells him, well, here's the problem. You, you need to put on 50 food, and I'll man. give you the program. It would yeah. shock me if he comes back, not this year because it's too late, but next year. Somebody picks him up, yeah. gives him a little minor league deal or major league contract with one million or something. He comes back twenty pounds heavy. It's not going to shock me if he's throwing ninety five again. No, not at all. I think every team's going to be worried about an injury, um, so it's going to be tough to get picked up because right. teams are going to be pretty cautious of that. But if he does get picked up and goes to a team and and has time, I could easily see him at ninety five again in, in two or three weeks if he just you know gets on a different program, puts some weight on, and gets. You think back. he could do it this year then? By the easy, end of the year. Easy. Yeah, like I was saying, I mean I gained I gained seven miles an hour one uh-huh. spring training, wow. but I didn't really gain seven. I had just lost seven and right, didn't have right, right. I had to have time to make it up by, you know, getting a lot more food in me. Cause that's the other thing, man. If you're just working out and doing your um, you know, your basic throwing workout that you're doing at a park, that's that's maybe an hour and a half a day of activity. Then you jump into baseball activity, you're you're doing uh-huh. all these other you're shagging BP, all of a sudden you're in a way bigger calorie deficit. And when you're this, I never recommend an athlete to be in a deficit. You know, as much as baseball players move, they need to be in a surplus. And it could have just been one of those things where he kept eating the same and then cranked up all the other baseball activity, and he's just behind on on calories. Mm-hmm. And he didn't you notice until for power. You don't notice until you get the out the, Yeah, and then it's not enough time because that's the first eat. time he's 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 throwing against other teams' hitters, and they have a gun on him. And it's yeah. like, okay, now he's got to start in a week. You know, a yeah. regular start, and, and he was the exact same thing. And even in the back of your mind, in the back of your mind that whole time, you're thinking, well, it's it's preseason, you know, the uh, adrenaline's not there and you're kind of thinking It's hot, it's rainy, I don't have yeah, balls in. He had all the excuses. It, yeah, and it's it they might not have been excuses, you know. That might have been him kind of just talking to himself. Oh, yeah, out yeah, loud, in his head. Trying to right. trying to calm himself down. But, you know, you you get out there and then you see that 8990 and you're like, shit, it feels good coming out of my hand. Mm-hmm. Um then, then you know you need to make some tweaks in your program. But he, like I said, he doesn't have time. He's a good dude, man. I know some people yeah. on social media might think otherwise because he loses. No. He gets he loses it on social media sometimes. He snaps. Yeah, and you want to tell him, dude, just get off social media. But that's not him. He needs to delete. He needs to delete social media. I didn't have anyone I played for that reason because it's you know it just messed with your head. But a lot of us can lose our, our uh, you know lose Easy. it sometimes and get frustrated on social media. It's just that, that one dickhead will pop up and say that one thing yeah. that just kind of right. strikes a chord. And when you, you know, got a lot of followers and you're an athlete, it gets yep. there's a lot of people chipping in. <laughs> so people think that. You know, because he the way he replies sometimes he's an asshole. Or something he's not. He's a no, good he's dude. He's a great man. dude. He's a good dude, and he works his ass off. Works you know, he his works ass his off. ass off. But it's you know, hard not, work, yeah. hard work, and smart work are two totally different exactly. things. Exactly. And I think that's, he's been victimized by it, man. He didn't have somebody telling him the shutdown. You know, could do that to people because he couldn't be around the team every day. And trainers telling him you're getting too skinny. Are you doing the weights? It, it wasn't allowed, and it wasn't possible. You know. Yeah, and you just you just don't know till you get on a gun, and it just probably wasn't a gun at the park he was throwing at. And no, you know, it was so a high school. You, field. A lot of times, <laughs> I mean, when you're really light, you feel athletic, you feel good, and when yeah. you throw, you long toss, the ball's coming out clean. You just assume the velocity is going to be there, and you get in the game, and it's not, and it's like now I got to make a change, and it it takes time. You know, he can't so, he can't get to ninety five his next start. So in five days they're going to start somebody else in that slot. Snit said he does. They do not know yet, and I believe him. They have a lot of options. They could go with one of the prospects. They could go with the rookie, a Bryce Wilson, a Tuki. Tuki didn't look very good last night when he came in. I know that was short notice, but he didn't. He's in he a did, tough spot. It wasn't real encouraging last night when he came in. Yeah, and he hasn't pitched much either because he missed the first two and a half weeks of camp with the coronavirus. He tested positive. Tuki's um, in the toughest toughest job to be in in baseball. Is the up and down triple a starter major league long guy yeah. you never get into a routine you never yeah. know when you're going to pitch um it, it's really hard what what they're asking of him but you know he ha- he definitely hasn't impressed it could be a tucker davidson or an ian anderson if they want to go with the prospect and kind of thrust them in and roll the dice and you know if they feel like they're ready i don't know that's a lot it's asking a lot though you know i like chasine and that's to me that seems like a logical one i know what i know they like having chasine to do long relief because it allows them to have Tomlin for one inning stints. But yeah. I'm with you. They got Tomlin for long relief and Chessine 
you know, he's going to throw strikes. He's going to he's going to compete. Unless you think, unless you're convinced, they've seen Ian Anderson more than I have. You know, and and Davidson, and he Davidson did pitch in a few a uh, couple of uh, camp games and looked good. But yeah, you know, you know what you're getting with you're seeing, and he looked really good in that game in New York. So yeah, you know what you're getting at the big league level. They, it's totally different to pitch in yeah. exhibition games and yeah, spring training no and doubt. stuff and look great, but it's you, you know you know what you're getting out of just seeing you know that's true in the big leagues, yeah. yeah. And the other is option is an opener that could do that, and that could very well work depending on how they get there, as Snit said, depending on how much they have to use the pin between now and then. Yeah, they're just gonna have to piece it together, which yeah. you didn't see coming, you know, with Felix and Hamels, you nah. know, on their way and, and part of this. No but doubt. that's why I mean, you just never have too much pitching. There was an encouraging development. Will Smith has finally tested negative. He's cleared and he's throwing now. And Snit doesn't think it's gonna take very long because he's felt really good in his flat ground sessions. That's a huge addition to that pen. Pen's yeah. pitched well so far. And the pen's been good. Yeah, and adding him's just gonna be huge. What's going on with Melanson? He's he he's I haven't seen him. He's healthy, right? Yeah, he was getting ready to throw. He would have pitched the other night when Luke went two innings, but his back locked up in that game. Oh, his back locked up. Okay, but he's otherwise fine. It's, okay. And, yeah, so I would think if they need a closer tonight, he's going to be in there. If okay. he's not, then then that's an issue. But yeah, locked up during that game before he even warmed up, they would have used him, and that's why they had what Tuki warming up in that game, and he ended up staying with Luke for those two innings in that extra innings game. Those are those little things, too, that happen, you know, when you don't have enough time to get ready, that short camp, you know, yeah. that little back lock up. You don't even hear about it in spring training, but we'll you see if you got to see how it bounces back. You predicted there's going to be pitching injuries, and, and there's yeah. been so many already. Little ones, big ones. There's been, you know, Verlander and Kluber and, and a Stroman, and there's just been, you yeah. know, a handful of big ones. In the first and velocity three, being down, you know, yeah. velocity being down. There's, the, I remember Kimbrel every spring was throwing ninety ninety one until the last week, and then Man, all of a sudden you bad. just crank up to ninety eight. He last night he looked bad. Four walks and a hit batter, and that before they just yanked him, and before he could blow the whole three run lead. Yeah, that's tough. That's a tough spot for Rossi too, because Rossi's yeah. seen him at his best and and wants to get that back out of him. That's got to be so hard for Ross, who's friends with him, who caught him yeah. here when he was at his best, and he's got to go out there and yank him in the middle of the ninth inning. Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, at that point, after hitting a guy and walking yeah. four, you yeah. – Oh, he was probably relieved. I mean, yeah, I know as yeah. much as Kimbrell wants to get out of it, he's probably like, oh, I don't want to blow this. Yeah, I mean, he's gotten out of those jams time and time again, but, you know, they, they had to make a move and they made one and, and saved him the game. Jeffries came in and got out of it. But, but yeah, I mean, that's just another example of, you know, maybe Craig needs more time to, to find the zone. Everybody's rushed right now. Yeah. So, you know, the so here we got Fulty. That's 10 months after he outpitched Jack Flaherty in game two of the division series. And it wasn't even, I mean, it wasn't a fluky thing. He outpitched no. him in that. He looked great. Mm-hmm. Five days later. He's part of that 10. He's the starter in that 10-run first inning. You know, I know Freddie made the, you know, Freddie's hurt and made the error, uncharacteristic error in that game. But he had no damage control. It just snowballed on Fulty, and that's always been a problem with him. Things can fall apart quickly when he gets frustrated, and it did in that game. And you got to wonder, man. I mean, how much stress is, was he having off the field from, you know, from the reactions to that and the pressure he felt, you know, I don't know what he's got stress. He's got at home, you know, he's got two kids now. I mean, that's a game changer yeah, his too. Pops has always been there, you know, kind of, uh, there's always been a, that thing kind of looking over his shoulder. I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to speculate cause I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, but you just, that could be part of the weight loss thing and all that. You just don't know what's going on in a guy. You know, you just want to, I'm just saying he's human. And people yeah. forget he's human. And sometimes stuff happens that there's not an exa- there's not an explanation for, as far as injuries and stuff. Sometimes guys are human, and you know, stress can cause reactions, can cause people to lose weight, can pe- cause people to alter diets. Who knows? I don't know. But I'm just saying that was a big way, a hard way for a guy to go into an yeah. offseason after that game five loss. Well, especially a guy that cares as much as him, and yeah. I think that's a that's a hard one to get behind. You know, to not think that guys care, that do care, like mm-hmm. worrying about that. But the guy's really passionate, and he wants to do well so bad. Um, you know, it's like whatever routine he was on during the shutdown, just it wasn't right, mm-hmm. and his velo is not there, and he's got to figure out why. But 
Yeah, all you can do is speculate. Nobody really has an answer. And if he's feeling healthy, you know, he's just got to get back to the drawing board and figure out, you know, what it is. But he doesn't, for me, he's such a good athlete. I could I could easily see him getting back up to 95 pretty quick. The team just doesn't have time to wait. Yeah, and like I said, they don't have minor league options on him. So you can't carry a guy on, on the roster like you could in a normal season, 162-game season. You could afford to run Fulte out there another couple of times. You know, you can't do that in a 60-game season. Yeah, I mean, it's already August, pretty much. You know, so you you right. look at the timetable. If you have a tough April and you get your velo in July or in even in May, you have time to put together a pretty good year. You know, um, ironically, or coincidentally rather, uh, it was Sabatka who replaced him on the roster 13 months ago when Fulte got sent down to AAA. <laughs> Remember, mm. he got sent down. ZRA was over six. He got sent down for like seven weeks, went down, got over the concerns about his elbow uh, and throwing his, his slider, came back up and just dominated in those yeah. last, what, nine of those last ten starts to be yeah. put back in that two spot for the division series. Well, that's why it was so shocking for me to, to see last night that he got designated that quick. Yeah. Uh, just because you know the potentials there and – you know, if he obviously, like we said, if he's throwing, if he's throwing ninety eight and has a tough start, it's no big deal. Or if he was throwing ninety one and had a good start, it, there'd be no big deal. But if you're throwing ninety and have a bad start, it's yeah, it's tough to look past. Yeah, Snit said uh, after a couple of shaky outings, a uh, couple of outings in camp, we wanted to give it a go here, and it was the same. Uh, we didn't see enough increase in things in the velocity. That's who he's been, a stuff guy for the entire time that we've had him, and the stuff hasn't been there. So, you know, you could tell it bothers Snit. People are like, has yeah. there been something off the field, a blow up, or the break? No, uh, it's just – Yeah, it's just – it's not there, man. It's yeah. It's like, yeah, there's been meltdowns on the field, and they wish there hadn't been, but that wasn't the case last night or, you know, in the last start. It's just stuff. It's all velocity. That's that's the whole – that's everything behind this move. Snit feels an attachment to all these guys that he's had for yeah. years. They would have got rid of him before this if it was a problem, you know, if he wasn't a good teammate or if he was a problem off the field. They would have got rid of him a long time ago. He's been here five years. No, he's great. He's great in the clubhouse. He's, he works his ass off. It's yeah. just part of baseball. You know, if you don't get it done, <laughs> liking yeah. you only lasts so long. So to send, uh, vet, you know, Perimination's on the trip, assistant GM and – he went over and told him before the end of the game, you know, because, you know, you can't wait around after the game right now because guys are getting out of there so fast. They're sending some people home before the other ones, you know, because they won't, they don't, they got, you know, separate buses. Like, uh, it's not the way it normally is. Everybody doesn't shower, stick around for 30 minutes and leave. Everybody's leaving earlier and all that. So they had Perry go over and tell him that he's being DFA. Snit said it's not an easy thing to tell a guy that, especially somebody you've had a long time that's worked hard. He's been a big part of this organization, made some big starts for us. Yeah. yeah, and you know he Snick cares about his guys, and he's been through a lot with Fulte. But I, you know, I wouldn't say I almost I honestly think a change of scenery might be good for him because yeah. there's been so many ups and downs. Um, you know, it's almost like you sneak into that here we go again mindset. Right. And when you when you get that fresh start, you're just this new guy. You know, and if you have uh-huh. a good start, everybody loves you. So it's just a fresh uh-huh. slate. Which would be really good for him, I think. Um, but like I said, you know, people are going to think he's injured. Injured, it might be tough to get yeah. um, picked up by another team. Yeah, might have to wait till but, next year for that fresh start. We'll see. Uh, but you're right; he could yeah. have with the Braves now. It's to the point where people are kind of entrenched in their opinions about him. Yeah, he could have three or four good starts, and then if he blows Just up one, people one. will be like, "There he is. Yep. There's Fulte. Yeah. I can't believe he's still here." Yeah, that's why it was so good for me when I came to the um, to the Braves because it was yeah. just a fresh start. You know, I'd, I'd been up and down with Seattle, and people get sick of your act. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, if, if you're not consistent and reliable out there, um, and, you know, people love a guy that just puts up four ERA every season. And and Fulte's a guy that's either like a two and a half or a seven. Yeah, he's been he's been kind of he can't find that middle ground and, and the consistency. All star two years ago, man. Yeah, big picture yeah, here. Bigger picture. Fresh slate would be good. All the shit that's going on with the Marlins. We, uh, you know, everybody's talked about how tough it was going to be to get through this thing uh, and what would happen if a team had multiple positive tests and all that. Well, they didn't get through the first weekend before it happened. The Marlins had, last count, have at least 17 players and coach, a couple of coaches, 17 including the couple of coaches, who've tested positive for COVID in the last three days. <laughs> they had to cancel their two games against the Orioles, including their home opener. 
and they had to stay in Philly last night while they waited for more uh, uh, tests because they couldn't. They're self quarantined basically in their hotel. It's really weird. I mean, it's just such extenuating circumstances, but they couldn't fly back to their, you know, families and stuff in, in Miami until they got more, the tests back that they took yesterday. Got more of those this morning. They had more guys test positive. The Phillies and New York had to cancel their two games because the Yankees were supposed to play two in Philly and they didn't want to use the visitors' clubhouse yeah. that the Marlins had just been in for the weekend before it could be, you know, treated like a has, you know, a, a super fun site cleaned up, man. I mean, yeah. it's uh, it's a mess. So if it's just that one team, you know, the Phillies are waiting for their test results as of the time we're recording this podcast. And so far they haven't had a bunch of flurry of positive tests or any from, from their interactions with the Marlins playing them. And the Braves played the Marlins twice last week and the Braves are knocking on wood and crossing fingers because they haven't had any positive tests since then either. The catchers, some people thought, you know, maybe Flowers and – Darno were a result of that, but they have tested negative for five days. You know, again, that could so, change, but right now they, are they think good it's to just, go now. Are they coming back or they think it's just colds, but yesterday Snit said for the first day, they felt better. They started to feel That's better. Good. So they think they just had bad colds and they could, they hope to have them back at least one of them during the uh, homestand coming up. But Marlins, uh, I mean, at some point, how bad does it have to get before a team? I don't know. I mean, that's why they have these sixty-man pools because they're they want they have it built in. If you have twenty guys, you know, test positive, you still got forty, but it's going to be tough at a certain point for them to field a competitive team because they were already well, bad. It just fueled a team, though, you know, because you yeah. can't make up all these games if they start losing more and more games, and it, you know, if if it's anything like what Will Smith went through, you could be missing half of those seventeen guys for three weeks. Absolutely. So you almost just have to, I'd almost, man, if there was a, a breakout like that, just, just fly in that whole, you know, their, their backup squad, just fly that backup squad <laughs> to the next city and have them play all the games just to keep the season going. Uh, I guess if, if there's any kind of a, a silver lining, it's that it was the Orioles and the Marlins. So, I mean, theoretically, those games are going to be meaningless because those are two teams that – they're two of the only teams that really have no chance of making the playoffs, I think, in the view of everybody. So that they could take the risk of making those up, say, you know, if we need to play these, we'll play in the whatever the last time those two teams play each other this year. You know, or we could yeah, say – if we even need to make them up or yeah, just bang them because it didn't matter. Or we could make them up pick. as a doubleheader if we have to at some point during the off day if there's a mutual – but I mean, let's look honestly. Those two teams are not going to be in the playoffs, and they probably are not going to have to make those games up. So, well, but, the good news is, you know, uh, you can make up double headers home or away, and you just yeah. flip who's on top on the scoreboard because yeah, it doesn't really matter no what crowds. stadium you're playing in, and you're splitting the revenues anyway. There's no, there's no, uh, there's no fan revenues. So, you no know, gate, nothing. At least not until, unless and until they allow some fans at some ballparks later. But that's a long ways off from that's, right now. <laughs> Looking, and, <laughs> looking lofty right now. And the Phillies and the Yankees, though, on the other hand, those games are going to have to be played because both of those teams are probably going to be in the playoffs, or at least we know the Yankees are going to be, and the Phillies have a real good chance. So they got to make those games up. You got to find a way. Yeah. The good news is, is you know, it's the way they got these divisions set up where you're, you're playing only the right. same teams all the time. I mean, that helps a ton as, as far as making them up. But yeah, because in it, the yeah. past, the Phillies and the Yankees would only be playing. Well, one Once or two series against each other this year, yeah. if the if the if that was the interleague matchups, you'd have to try to fly in there at some right, point on an off right, day and on play a, a double off day or make up a double. That's not the case this year. They're playing ten games, so they yeah, can make smart it the way they worked that out. Yeah, yeah, um, but it's a mess, man. I mean, it's like uh, that's, but it just it it shows this you is how week one <laughs> how precarious this is. And how everybody's got to be diligent. And all it takes is a few knuckleheads on one team. I'm not saying the Marlins had some knuckleheads, but they might have. Because all yeah. it takes is one guy to get it, spread it. And a few guy, if a few guys aren't being careful, not wearing their mask, they're talking in close in close quarters, and one of them has it. This thing can just spread so quickly. The well, Braves, guys, from what I've seen, yeah. have been pretty diligent. But everybody's got to be. Yeah, and you have to be. I just I don't know if there's enough protocol you could put in place. I mean, 17 guys that fast is I mean that's insane. But it just you you're sharing so much space together as much yeah. as you try to space them out, including uh, coaches. And you mm-hmm. got to think you you got to hope that they're setting an example and wearing their mask all the time and keeping you know distance as much as they can. 
But that's a bad sign when a couple of coaches get it. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you know, I mean, you got to fly places and yeah. Yeah. You're that air's, tube. You're that air's tube. getting recycled. Yeah. But man, it makes you, you, you worry again about a guy like Wash or a guy like Duvall. I mean, God, that, that's 17 guys on one team that had, including two coaches. You know, I thought when we were kind of speculating before the season started how hard it was going to be, you know, I, I kind of felt a little like, man, we, this might be too much. But all the stuff, you know, that you worry about is, is I mean, it's it's showing up even in the first the opening weekend. You're already seeing a lot of it and you saw one team get it. You know, if it happens to another couple teams, yeah, it's going to be really hard to keep the season going. And you know the other sports, especially football, are looking at this going, please, please keep it Football's going. Football's got to be hopeless. I can't see it. I can't see it. Contact sport, I cannot yeah. see them pulling it off. Unless they had a mask on under their – I mean, you're still – you're touching each other. You're, you're tackling guys. You're sharing a ball. It's, it. Yeah. It's it's going to be tough. And you got you got five times as many guys. You can't play in yeah. a bubble because it have to be a bubble at least five times as big as the NBA bubble because you're – you're talking about the rosters themselves are like five times bigger than a basketball roster. Then you're talking training staffs and coaching staffs that are like exponentially larger than they are for a basketball team. You'd have to have well over a hundred people for each NFL team in that bubble. And these are obviously massive individuals too. <laughs> I, I can't yeah. see any kind of a bubble that could, could withstand that. There have to be several bubbles. And one dude in the NBA got out of the bubble, yeah. and he stopped at uh, Magic City. <laughs> Came to Atlanta and went to Magic City. Said for the wings, they're, they're notorious. They're, they're great wings. <laughs> Had to get some wings. Yeah, I mean, it's you know just something like that. One guy, you know, and then he goes back in the bubble. You don't know what's going to happen. Uh, so anyway, the Braves got a big one tonight. Uh, Kyle Wright, he's he's got a second chance to nail down a rotation spot, and he's in a lot better position than he was a spring ago. Uh, 15 months ago or whenever it was, when he was having some really good starts in spring training, had a chance to win the fifth spot, and then kind of came unglued in his last couple of spring training starts. And then at the start at Philly last year, he wasn't ready for it. This year, that you know, that opening weekend when they, they needed him and Bryce Wilson, they had to, they started up with no experience. Yeah. He wasn't ready. This year he's ready. This kid, he's smart, man. He's a Vanderbilt guy, former first-rounder. He's 24 now. He's really gained a lot of perspective, confidence. Mechanics are cleaned up. I think he could do some good things tonight, and he's really been also diligent about this whole – asked him about did the Marlins outbreak, was that a kind of a concern, a wake-up call for people? He said, yes, absolutely, because the virus is still out there. It's still very real, so it's important to follow all the guidelines and protocols, especially on the road. I mean, from the stadium, go straight to the hotel and then stay there. I feel like we've done a pretty good job with that so far, and we're going to continue it to do it. But this virus is real and it's very contagious. So we have to do everything we can to follow guidelines and protocols and just keep doing what we're supposed to do. So Vanderbilt kid, there you go. <laughs> but he wants to do it for himself, for the team. I mean, you, you got to think a guy in that position is going, please don't let this fall apart. I got a chance here. Yeah. And you know, there's, there's a spot, there's a spot or two up for grabs. Yeah. And, and you know, there's so many pitching prospects in this organization, but somebody's just got to, and whoever it is, whoever steps up and gets it done is going to have a job. And he's got the chance um, to do it. He's got a chance yeah, ahead does. of these younger guys. If mm -hmm. he gets it done, they're not going to displace him with, you know, Ian Anderson. If he's pitching well, Kyle yeah. Wright's going to stay in that rotation. I really like the way Wright, um, I like his demeanor on the mound. He takes his time. He looks like he's in control. He never looks. He never looks pressured. And one of the tougher things about being a prospect is coming up with a team that's competing. You know, it's, yeah. it's so much easier to do on a team that doesn't, you know, there's just not that pressure to succeed right away. You might get three or four starts. And, uh, you know, it's it's also a tough spot for prospects because you got to come up and you have to get it done right away or they're going on to the next guy. So nobody really feels like they have that second chance, that chance to go back out there and get their feet under them. Uh, that can be really hard. It can be a lot of pressure for guys, but one guy's just got to step up. You know, even if Tukey had a good three or four innings yesterday, he might have gotten a start. Right. You know, it's it's just it's up for grabs, and someone's just got to take it. Hey, listeners, producer Cam here. And guess what? There's no better way to celebrate the start of the season than with a dugout mug. Dugout Mug is a company that was actually started in a college baseball dugout. 
What they do is they take the barrel of a baseball bat and they turn it into a fantastic, ornate 12-ounce mug. And guess what? It's licensed by Major League Baseball. So your favorite team can be laser engraved onto a birch wood baseball bat barrel mug. It's perfect for the big game. You can put it on display. You can drink a cold beverage from it. Be the life of the party. It's a unique gift for any and all baseball fans. So make sure to visit dugoutmugs.com slash theathletictoday and use the promo code MLB30. That's all one word, MLB30, for 30% off your first purchase. Again, that's dugoutmugs.com slash theathletic and the code MLB30. Fill that baseball void with your very own dugout mug today. Uh, speaking of young guys who've looked good, Austin Riley. You know, they Oof. he made some adjustments in his swing in the winter. We talked about that before. Went down to Dallas a couple of times to work with the minor league hitting instructor who had helped him get where he was at the start of last year, Mike Brumley, a former big leaguer himself. And Seitz loved the adjustments he made. Kevin Seitzer in spring training was talking to me about it. What he had done was he had a kind of a hip slide, this natural hip slide that he's always had, but it gets pronounced sometimes. And it was causing his front, his back foot to kind of come forward, leaving him yep. off balance, which you could get away with in the, in the minor leagues. But, yep. you know, big league teams, they see that, exploit it. Yeah, and all of a sudden they know once they get ahead in the counts, he's chasing those sliders, he's totally out of position, and he's flailing at pitches away, and he's kind of leaning on his front foot. He cleaned that up. Looks like a different guy now. How he could stay sure. back and wait a little bit yeah. on pitches. Well, he leaned back on that homer. He hit a city field. Oh, man, it was which beautiful. 458 my ass. Yep. That ball is one of the farthest ball. I've never seen anybody hit one in the third or off the third deck at City Field. Uh, I question these numbers when they. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's like guy hits a ball almost out of the stadium. They'll say 436. Third deck facade. Yeah, that ball was 500 feet. And like you said, that the the swing looked beautiful. He stayed back. Yeah, the back. way he leaned back, stayed back. 0-2 breaking ball wasn't a good breaking ball, but the fact that he was able to stay back on it, recognize it, you know, and use that power. He's got some huge legs. This guy, man. He's put together. Yeah. He's country strong. This dude's yeah. put together. Yeah, yeah, that was He's that thick. was an impressive swing. When you see a swing like that out of him, it, I mean, it's it opens your eyes for sure. Chipper said and three it, years ago, man, light tower power. He saw him on a backfield. Said this kid, yeah. Austin Riley, light tower power. Well, he was showing it last year. He hit those two homers in in the um, exhibition game this year. He was showing it last year when he first came up. When he first came he up. Just, yeah, then he just got a little off balance and started, you know, getting caught in between on the slider. But to hit it, to hit O two slider, even if it's a mistake, you know that that just tells me he's completely balanced at the plate. Yeah, um, and Chipper, the 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 irony is that Chipper, or coincidence again, not irony. Chipper was calling the game last night, was uh, he? two nights ago on ESPN. He's in the booth calling yep. his first game, you know, for Sunday night baseball, and. He's talking about Austin Riley's light tower power. There it goes. Boom. But uh, Chipper's been in this guy's corner all along. Says he can be a plus defender, better than Chipper was at that age. And and Wash said the same thing, that this guy, you know, people that think he's just all bad, he's not. He's a good defender. He's thick, but yeah. he's, he's he's mobile, man. This guy's athletic, and he's got a good arm, real good arm. Yeah, he he can, was a closer in high school. Yeah, he can move. He's he going to be good. I mean, you know, just <laughs> – this this year, it sucks that it's a short year, but it's also good in a sense where if a guy really right. takes off and has a good couple months, uh-huh. uh, you don't have those second two months to kind of beat up your confidence if you fall into a slump or struggle or anything like that. So it could be a huge year for him to build on. And for teams to kind of start making adjustments, maybe exploit something. There's no yeah. time for that. Yeah. You were right, Joe. Chipper and Boog are good, though, man. I like them. On, I love on, them, on, man. They're I love so them on, much better than the A-Rod team. God. I'm tired, of, I'm tired of A-Rod talking to me like I'm a six-year-old during the game. <laughs> man, it's terrible. I can't. Yeah. I, and he's always bra- talking about himself. And he's just he's just an egomaniac, man. I just I'm I I, I don't get it why he, why they stick with him. If it, well, he does he says some really good stuff. You know, he says some his insight and everything's really good. I guess it's just the delivery. I feel yeah, like he's always acting and trying to be this this great guy and, and all the fake laughs and stuff. Yeah. You know, it just it kind of feels corny. Where you listen to Chipper and Boog, they're just hanging out watching baseball, and you can tell they just both love it. Um. You said it though with Austin Riley last year. Sites said the same thing. Caught in between. Caught in yep. between fastballs, breaking balls. Confidence. He start. It all kind of goes together. Teams start season seeing the weakness, start exploiting it, and he's not sitting back. He's not waiting on pitches, so he can't recognize. Sites have said you got to be able to recognize those those uh, uh, ball to uh, the strike to ball pitches. In other words, yep. they look like strikes coming in. 
and he's kind of leaning forward and he can't wait on him and recognize him and they're and they're and they're breaking away from him and it's too late. He's already committed. He's swinging. Well, this year he's seeing those. He's recognizing them. He's staying back. And it's yep. just night and day difference. That's why I was I was so impressed with he hit pitches middle in. Uh, they were pitches middle in, and he hit them out to center field and right center. Uh, those two homers he hit. Yes. Uh, preseason. But that just tells me he's off. He's not off balance. You know, he's he's balanced. He's waiting on pitches. He's seeing the ball well, and he's not trying too hard either. You know, you get in this habit of trying really hard once you start getting beat up or trying to think too much and sit on sliders and sit on pitches. And, yeah. and you know, in the big leagues, once you start guessing and, yeah. and trying to think too much, you're just done. Um, so when he he took the, I think it was like a fastball middle in, and he drove it to dead center. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just that's just him completely balanced and getting through the ball versus trying to cheat to a slider or, or pull the fastball. Because when you start looking f- for sliders and you get a fastball in, you're hopeless. And he, yeah. he got a fastball middle in, hit it out to dead center. You know, there's there's not a lot of places to go against a guy that can do that. Yeah, that's what Seitz was saying last year when he started looking for those uh, yep. sliders and everything. Then he then he wasn't catching up the fastballs. And this is a yep. guy that can just crush any fastball. Yeah. That's never been a problem for him. But he said once he got to that position, he was just it was almost hopeless, you know. Um, yeah, he, tough league. Both he and Snit said they were just as happy, actually – uh, Riley said he was more happy with the walk he drew earlier in that yep. game than he was that mammoth homer. 3-2, I think a slider he spat on, which not, like, yep. didn't happen last year. Always got fooled. No, and that's that's the problem with, you know, getting caught in between two is you just you start picking a pitch and you're looking for the heater and you just got beat by a heater. You start cheating to the heater and you get beat with the slider. And as you look for the slider, you get beat in with the fastball. You know, you have to you have to you have to conquer it, you know, with with your pra- your practice reps and being balanced and staying through the ball and and man just driving the driving a fastball into dead center is so hard to do when a guy can do that he's locked in man dansby's done that too we'll get to him in a second don Mattingly looks good don Mattingly said something about how it's you know because all these guys testing positive and he said it's more dead than marlin's manager for those who might have forgotten he uh he said it's more difficult to follow all these protocols on the road than it is at home asked uh, someone asked uh Austin about that yesterday, Austin Riley. And he said, for me, and he's like, you know, not for him. He said, for me, I've been sitting in my room. I haven't left. They're giving us meals in the hotel, bringing them to our rooms. So as long as you follow the safety protocol, doing your part as a team, you got to trust each player to make sure they do their job. And I think as long as you do that, I think we're going to be able to finish the full season. That'd be Um, great. Yeah. You know, that's the thing with some of these young guys, you know, that aren't really uh, big partiers and everything that you're talking about. In this coronavirus season, that's pretty essential because they're not pulled to go into the bars or go to restaurants on these roads. They're not even they ha- they don't even know how nice some of these restaurants are. They haven't been there, so this for them, it's like an extension. It's just a better version of the minor leagues. They're getting better hotels, meals brought to them, but they don't. You know, there's no some of those minor league cities. There's nowhere to go, right? So they're going yeah. back playing Fortnite and playing video games <laughs> and eating. Eating room service meals. <laughs> well, once the Wi-Fi got strong enough and fast enough at the hotels for guys to play video games in their room instead of go out at night, I mean, the game just completely changed. Nobody, you know, when I when I first came up, my first five or six years in the game, everybody was out of the hotel room, yeah. going out to dinner, having some drinks, you know, just seeing the city at night. And then my last three or four years, I was like, what's going on, man? Nobody wants to do anything. They're just in their room playing video games, you know, maybe against another teammate or something like that. But this generation is definitely cut out the best for just being cooped up in a hotel room. You know, they got all the electronics and, and entertainment right they, there in their they room. They take them on the road. Some of them pack the big old the, the, no, the consoles do. on the bags. That's what I'm saying. You know, the Wi-Fi used to be so bad at the hotels. You tried to play some video games online. It was like playing NES or something. You know, it, it'd be so slow. But see that now they got high speed and they got the HDMI cable. You can plug right yeah. into the TV. It's pretty easy. So there's some big league perspective right there because I haven't heard anybody <laughs> cite and that's a good point, the improved Wi-Fi in hotels, because you used yep. to had to pay for the Wi-Fi for one thing, and it was shitty Wi-Fi. I mean, you couldn't even like... Yeah, you, you, you download know, a song maybe over right. a couple hours. Right, like even working on your laptop, it was slow. But now you're I right. I used to get the free Wi-Fi. I put in Bill Aker's name. <laughs> <laughs> he got it comp, so I used his. So, But now you're right, it's high speed everywhere, and guys are sitting there... I know uh, Acuna and Ozzy Albies, they're playing they play Fortnite. They play video games with uh with uh our our friendly slider man all the time. Luke Jackson yeah, is so, a you know, huge video game. Think about doing guy. that. And Luke That's loves a big playing reason. with them. Yeah. 
and that's a big reason why guys are throwing so much harder and hitting balls farther. If you think about the toll that, you know, just having three or four drinks at a bar and getting home at 2 a.m. versus playing Fortnite for an hour and going to bed at midnight or <laughs> one, you know, guys are recovering a lot more now. You're kidding, but you're serious though, right? I'm, no, I'm joking yeah. around, but I'm dead serious that that's, I think that's just the change you've seen in the game is yep. how much better care guys are taking to themselves now. You know, it used to be, used to sit around the clubhouse and there'd be 20 guys in there drinking a few beers and they're yeah. taking the second bus. You get in the clubhouse now after the game and everybody's already showered, ready to go yeah. home and play some video games and get a good night's sleep. Yeah, with everything, everybody throwing 98, 99, I mean, I can't see a guy, because there used to be a lot of guys. I've covered this 25 years, and there were a lot of guys. I'm not talking about isolated. There were plenty of guys that come in still hungover or still yep. a little tipsy from the night before, and they'd go out and play a day game and still be able to perform. And I don't see guys being able to do that against pitchers throwing 98, 99. No, you really can't. And, and you can't throw 99, not getting <laughs> exactly. any sleep. You know? Exactly. I could do it when I was playing. You'd go out in Colorado and have a day game the next day you just i can drag my ass through todd helton and brad hop you know i get a couple pop-ups or a lucky swing you know I, I think i was scoreless in my career hungover but you know it's it's just it's a completely different game now you know it's it's at a higher level it's almost like a re like a natural steroid era what these guys are doing you know the balls you're seeing guys hits yeah that's why it's it's so hard to question the balls in a sense because guys are bigger and stronger than they've ever been now you know some of the swings you see guys hit the opposite field yeah they spend their offseason squatting 450 pounds versus hunting and and drinking beers until a week before spring training. It's just a different game. Speaking of the weights, and we talked earlier about Fulty probably not being able to hit him in a long time with the shutdown. There's a video a guy posted of uh, of Kyle Wright working out at Vandy. Yeah. That dude's a beast in the weight room. They he, all are. Man. <laughs> Everybody is now. Um, Mike so, Miner was the only guy doing heavy squats when I was with the Braves. He was the one guy. You know, I, I remember one time – Miner was squatting 450 pounds or something before a game, and Jair Jurgens was doing like, you know, single leg with single leg uh, lunges with like a 10 pound dumbbell. And, you know, that was the difference in the yeah. game. I'm looking at this next generation coming. I'm like, man, these dudes are beasts. And we were all just doing balanced stuff and trying to stay loose and maybe running some poles. Soroka's had to uh, dial but, it back a little bit. He was doing it over. They said they said that guy was yeah. insane in the weight room. But you know, after well, he got, definitely after he hurt the shoulder, definitely like a, back a, a point of diminishing returns with right. all that too. And or if and you see a right guy stuff, like this, right? Yeah, there's all these stories about that Eovaldi guy. You know, he's he, how he squats like 500 pounds before his start and stuff. But he's also had yeah. a ton of injuries. Yeah. So it's you have to find a fine line right. for everything. But most guys, you know, with all the mobility, there's two or three strength coaches kind of coaching them through all this stuff and getting all their recovery. They're actually getting sleep at night. You know, the guys that can handle the weights are really benefiting from it. Speaking of young guys that look good, they got uh, William Contreras, man. The younger yeah. brother of the Cubs catcher, Wilson Contreras. Braves prospect has looked really good this first week. Him and and uh, Alex Jackson were kind of thrust into the catching duties when Flowers and Darno had to stay home sick. And Jackson caught the first two games, looked good behind the plate, did not look good at the plate. Can't, he hasn't he hasn't got a hit yet in his career. But William Contreras came in, pinch hit, had a huge double in that 10-inning win. In his first yep. on the first pitch he's seen in his major league career, he doubled, RBI double. Gets a start the next day, got three hits the next day. So he started his career out, I think, four for six. He's looked really good behind the plate, too. And he's got a good arm, mobile. Agile. This guy's stock is really. It was kind of maybe went, took a hit for a couple of years there, but it is back huge right now, and he's getting a chance and making the most of it. I mean, if his defense is is good back there and he's hitting like this, it's tough to take him out of the lineup. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's going to get plenty of opportunities until yeah. uh, one or both of the other catchers come back. Because if say if one of them comes back, the other's sick, or if, God forbid somebody tested positive, I think his kid's going to stay in there for a while. Uh, and with a 30-minute roster, maybe you'll even carry th three catchers, but that's going to change, though, in another week and a half. They're going to go back to 28, but he's he's a phone call away, obviously. We're going to see him some more this year, and he, he's he got a chance to kind of set himself up, I think, as a, as a, as a legit Future. option going forward. Yeah, and I would carry three catchers anyway, just seeing how – quickly things can get out of hand but you might not want all your catches there if there is an outbreak you need some guys yeah that, no doubt you know away from the virus i guess but yeah he's been impressive and he can move too i mean he's athletic 
He he hit he hit a ground ball at a third base the other day that was bobbled. Just you know, just a kind of a routine quick bobble. But you don't see many catchers nearly beat that out, and he did. It was a no. bang bang play. And you, if you would have saw him running, you would not even have thought he was a catcher. You'd have thought, who oh, who's this outfielder? Yeah, he's athletic. I mean, you maybe like give him brother. five more years squatting back there. He might it might start to catch up with oh, him. Yeah. But twenty two year old catcher legs. I mean, he can his brother can move and, and he can move too. Yeah, they're built more like Molinas, you know. Yep. Athletes, but Yachty, you know, uh, you know, not not real big guys. Put together though, you know, he's six foot and put together. Contreras is so he's really helped himself. He's seizing this opportunity, making the most of it. Um, Snit said he's swinging a magic wand right now. He said it's, uh, it was not an easy ride for him with Newt the other night when Newt hit two guys in the first inning, walked a couple yeah. later, you know, trying to figure out where to go with Newt. <laughs> but he did a good job. He's really looked good defensively, receiving, calling the game. And he's up there hacking. He's going to put the ball in play. Snit loves those guys that don't strike out and putting the ball in play, you know. Alex Jackson struck out about half the time up so far in his career. So Yeah, and that's probably going to be the hardest call to make, you know, if he is hitting really well, but you feel like – you know, you could gain more from from Darno or, or Flowers back there, pitch calling wise, and getting some of the guys through outings when they're struggling. Yeah, you know, it's if you're catching Soroka and Freed, you're going to be all right. But you start catching, you know, right. a guy like Nuke who might need a little more assistance, and and a guy like Fulty who has lost his velo all of a sudden. Yeah, you know, a veteran catcher can usually just find a way. You know, maybe just call nothing but off speed or go out there to the mound and say something or set up different. They know all these little tricks to get guys back in the mm-hmm. zone and get them through at outings when they don't have their stuff. And that's that's stuff I wouldn't expect a 22-year-old to really know how to do yet. But if he's hitting, man, you know, it's it's one of those things where you kind of just have to weigh that balance and, and decide if, if the bat's worth, you know, even if he looks great defensively blocking balls and throwing guys out and stuff, you have to you have to really consider the pitch going too. Yeah, he struck out three times last night, but everybody had everybody yeah. was striking out last night. Glassnow was just mowing people down, and uh, well, he I got think, in at four a.m. Yeah, yeah. You know that's another factor yeah. that's that can catch up with you trying to face Glassnow after getting five hours of sleep. Man, it's nasty. Um, that trade Pittsburgh made. Uh, I I could see Contreras. They signed Darno to a two year deal. I could see Contreras mm-hmm. being the guy with him next year with Darno, and this gives you more time because Langoliers, you know, was first rounder last year. This gives you a couple of years to have him in there, and then you decide, okay, who's our guy going forward? You know, Langoliers, Contreras, both of them. Who knows? But nice spot to be. So in much to is going to happen between now and then. Oh yeah, nice spot to be in to have catching depth because one of those guys could be traded because there's a lot of teams that need a catcher, a young catcher like that. But yeah, but, but now you're not for next year. I could see him legitimately being the guy with Darno. Be yeah. a nice tandem right there. Yeah, that's what's really nice about this year is, you know, under normal circumstances, he wouldn't even gotten this chance to prove it. And doing it in AAA is cool, but doing it in the big leagues and, and showing you can handle big league pitching, good big league pitching. And, and this is what I was talking about where guys get a chance to just skip a year almost. You know, you get thrust into the big leagues and you get it done. You jump ahead a few years on your development and, you, and your, your path that's projected for you. Yeah, and if those guys don't get sick, He's not in there. He's not yeah. getting this chance. We're not it, seeing that's this. That's what I'm saying. He's down. At, yeah, you wouldn't even seen it because they would like they never would have sat out these games with a basic cold under any other circumstance. Oh yeah, Snit said that because because I'm not sure that if even with a bad cold we wouldn't have had him here last year. Just treat him, you know, give him the Z pack and all that stuff and uh, Sudafed. Yeah, have Red Bull and go get him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dansby Swanson was talking about uh, was talking about uh, Contreras and said I think he's done a tremendous job. We talked about this earlier about Sal Fasano doing a great job. He's a brace catching coach for all those who don't know, doing a great job getting those guys prepared and also being able to have that those veteran guys around him. He's obviously been around the game for a while with his brother, and you can tell that he's definitely thinking through some things when he's playing. Dansby said he's very, very, very gifted, and he's pretty. It's pretty awesome to see what he's going to be able to provide as he gets older and sees the game in a different way, and it really starts to slow down for him. Yeah, and that's that's another thing about young guys is you know they're learning on the fly, and and it's it's so easy to get ahead and think this guy's going to be that or try to judge their pitch calling and framing and all this stuff. But there's so many young guys that are developing at the big league level now. It's it, you need time to to really see who they're going to be. But he, I mean, he's off to a great start. Last thing, Dansby Swanson. This is another mm. really encouraging start for the Braves. Uh, uh, he looked really good last year. If everybody when he came out of the gate last year, remember he. 
he was on fire and and he had worked with Chipper a little bit in the, in the offseason of spring training on his swing to to smooth out some things and Chipper th- had kind of raised some eyebrows when he said that he thought Dansby could be a Derek Jeter type hitter. People kind of like yeah. really, and then he you know he looked like that for the first month last year. Then he had some nagging injuries and ended up having that pretty significant injury with the heel thing that 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 kept him out for like uh, you know nearly two months last late last year, but. He looks really good, man, right now. He's in a good spot, and he, like he did last year, he's driving the ball the other way. Yeah. You know, 100. How many opposite field homers you've seen him hit? Yeah, I mean, he, he hit one. 102-mile-an-hour exit velo the other way. Yeah. You know, the thing about him, too, is I think if he wasn't the first overall pick, if he was like a second rounder, yeah. there'd be it'd just be such a different outlook on him because he's a solid shortstop. And even the year he had last year, everything's said and done. If you get that from a shortstop, it's a pretty good year. You know, playing his defense. Yeah. Um, but I think just you know the the expectancy from being a first overall pick is, is really high on him. But the, the way he's swinging the bat right now, man, you see him drive the ball the other way, um, and just barreling balls in general, looking good at the plate on top of his defense from a shortstop, man. I mean, that's a yeah, that's a really good player. Yeah, you know, and 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 he's it's almost like an impossible situation, or it has yep. been because he's not only the number one pick. He gets they trade for him, so he's a local guy. Mm-hmm. He's this good looking dude. He's on all yeah. the posters. He's on buses before he's ever literally before he's played an inning yeah. with the Braves. He was on yeah. Metro. He was on buses here, Marta buses. So the expectations people see that and they see this golden child, you know, the next Chipper Jones and all this, the good looking white guy, you know. Yeah. And, they, and then when he slips, when he struggles, like any rookie does or any second year player does. People are like, yeah, they're seeing that, you know, you guys just get hyped him up, but he's not all that. So he's in, a, you know, it's almost an impossible situation. And he's such a good dude, a nice dude that people kind of, I think people just get sick of him, like uh, being a perfect guy. And when he doesn't play perfect, yeah. they're ready to bring him down, you know? Yeah, but even, you know, last year he hit 250 with 17 homers as a, as a really good defensive shortstop. Yeah, who missed, you know, quite a bit of time with the heel injury. Wasn't the yeah, same when I mean, he came he back missed- from it. 30 games. And then know. he didn't hit any when he came back. He was bad for a month. But then in the division series, he's one of the only guys on a team that did hit that three doubles. That's what I like about him the most is, is I feel big like he's player. a dude that that's, that's probably the most comparable thing to Jeter's those big at bats. He just seems to lock in yeah. and, uh, and, you know, just have a really good quality at bat, put the barrel on it. Uh, I mean, but if he hit, if he hit 270 with 17 homers every year, that's, that's you fine. take that from shortstop. No for matter his what. defense. Yeah. Damn good defensive player. A lot of the plays he makes at the end of games, oh, you know, that play he made in Arizona, Arizona last year was just that's one of the best plays I've seen out of a shortstop. But he's got that, you know, he's got that 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 bright lights mentality where he kind of steps up to the stage and you'd love to see that out of a guy, especially a shortstop. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's putting it, he, if he has a good year, they got to they got to they got to think about giving him a nice extension, you know, signing him to a multi-year deal cuz if you wait enough, if you if you don't, it's going <laughs> to be too late. Up. Yeah, yeah. Cuz if you don't That's, do it this offseason and he has a big year next year, then it's too late. He's gone. Yeah. Then he can ride out one more year. Yeah, I saw that with the A's had this shortstop uh Marcus Simeon. Yep. Who he's got to back up the year he had uh last year, but I think he hit like 30 home runs. And he was a guy that uh Wash was working with nonstop because his defense his defense was pretty sketchy. He always had a pretty good bat, but mm-hmm. he went off last year. He played all 162, he hit 33 homers. And now his defense is really decent. There's no chance the A's will keep him. He, and if he has another good year, I mean, he's going to be looking at a five-year deal. Yeah, and when you got, I mean, you got a chance to lock up a guy like that who's that popular and is that solid, a guy you're never going to have to worry about. So you got great Acuna, in the clubhouse. Yeah, you great got Acuna and Ozzy locked up basically for almost a decade. You're going to yeah. do that with Freddie Freeman, presumably for at least five or five years, six-year extension, probably. If you could add Dansby to that, I mean, that's not a bad spot to build with those four guys right there. And then Soroka, you know, assuming you're going to you're gonna try to sign him to a long-term deal at some point, and Freed maybe. You know, you're, you're sitting good for a long time when you can build around those four position guys right there. Yeah, I don't know who his agent is. Up the middle guys. <laughs> you, you wish he had uh, Aussie's agent or something. You could have thrown one of those deals at him last year. You might <laughs> yeah, be getting yeah, a steal. That ain't going to happen. <laughs> I can't see him taking a big hometown discount. And I wouldn't either if I was him, but 
But just something fair. It's not like he's going to break the banks, get a record contract or anything. He's a he's a really good player. Not a superstar, but he's the guy. When they traded for him, nobody thought he was a superstar. Everybody thought he's a really good player you could have for a decade or more. Yeah. And he still is. And that, that's why yeah. I keep saying, you know, that, that first overall pick tag is really tough. Yeah. Because um, he, he's a really good big league player. Most and people and expect a superstar from number one. They, ex- they expect him to be, yeah, you know, hit hit – a 30 homer hit 305 guy and, and play crazy defense. But at shortstop, that's just not really realistic. Um, but the numbers he's putting up, man, if, if he, if he swings somewhere between where he was at early last year and what he's doing this year, even yeah. a little less, I mean, that's, a, that's a player you want to lock up, especially with his character. And hey, last thing, uh, before we go, are you concerned at all about the Braves 52 strikeouts batters that is in four games, including 19 last night? Or is that just kind of a product of the shutdown followed by three weeks of almost all inter-squad games before they face this real and pitching, Glass, really I good mean, pitching? DeGrom, Mats, Glasnow, some really good relievers in both places? I don't think so. I mean, you know, you you got shut out by DeGrom. That's, that, I don't care who's hitting. And then found a way to win the next day. And then the, the Sunday game in, against the Mets, they put up 14 runs with yeah. – Without without Acuna even even right. and Freddie you know Freddie's getting walked, but you know I think I'd much rather be worried about Freddie and Acuna than yeah. wondering if Ozuna and Riley are going to hit because if Ozuna and Riley hit, which you know could look pretty good, yeah, you know Freddie and Acuna are going to come around. So no, nah, not really. I mean, yeah. and they got in at four a.m. the yeah. night before in Tampa and go off to face Glassman, who's got some of the nastiest <laughs> stuff in the game. You know, I mean, it's just a tough day. 93-mile-an-hour changeup? Yeah, and a 98-mile-an-hour with natural cut. I mean, it's just a tough break, man. Yeah, Acuna is obviously struggling early, but uh, we've talked about this with Acuna. He did that last year too, right? He, yeah, he had, he's had three three-strikeout games in the first four and two strikeout games in the other. Anybody that thinks that's going to last much longer, you just didn't have not watched Acuna in the last year plus. I It's not going to shock he's me good. at all if he has a four-game stretch where he has – you know, Four homers. Ten hits, <laughs> yeah. three homers. You know, yeah. it's coming. It's yeah, coming. so that that's why I, I'm. Uh, you know, seeing. I think the most encouraging thing is Ozuna swinging the way he is, oh, Ozuna's hitting the ball great. out. He really has hit hitting the ball out off of Diaz opposite field, ninety eight on the corner, uh, tying the game up. You know, in a big at bat, he seems to have a good big at bat mentality too. But he really does. He surprised you know. me because I thought. You know, you watch him for the first time on a daily basis at spring training, and he's a mess in the box. It's not a, it's not an yeah. approach you would teach anybody, but it works for him. He gets the bat on the ball, even though his feet are moving all over the batter's box. <laughs> yeah, doesn't matter. Uh, Other players, and those are the guys that, that need that full spring training. The guys that have a lot of action, yeah. a lot of stuff moving around. Their, their timing is going to be the last thing to come. But, but Seitzer I mean, the, the, and several some convincing balls in New York. Yeah, no doubt. Seitzer and several players told me the same thing, though. He goes, don't worry about all that movement and stuff. That's that's just the way this guy hits. There's all kinds of different ways to skin a cat, and this works for him. He gets the bat on the ball and squares it up. So it don't matter what it, what he's doing with all the feet and everything before it happens. It's kind of like Chef. Everybody looked at that bat waggle, all that weird yep. stuff going over the head. But when the pitch is made, the bat is in the zone, and it's just lightning quick. It didn't, yeah. You know, all the other but stuff. Who's got super- that same kind of bass speed? Yeah, all that stuff is superfluous with fret with a chef. You know, it doesn't matter what he's doing when it's above the head and all that. Well, the same thing with uh, Ozuna's feet. You know, you don't teach it, but it works for him. But that's why Seitzer is such a good coach. Yeah, because I agree. you could see the spring training that that he had. You could see the early camp. You could see some bad swings and. Every bit of you wants to teach the right way to swing and and make some adjustments and start tinkering with the guy. And you know, and he. You, the last thing you want is for the season to start, and this guy's thinking about where his feet are at when 98's coming at him. Yes. You know, it, it, you want to simplify it. I think Seitzer just has a knack for making guys the best version of themselves right. instead of trying to tinker and toy with them. I mean, he gives guys so much time to, yeah. to get going and figure it out before he starts messing with them, and I think that's the number one thing a coach can do. And he's not one of these coaches, these hitting coaches. Wants to put his name on them. Yes, who has like a yeah. brand, and they try to turn yeah. every hitter into that. Seitz doesn't do that at yep. all. He does not believe in the cookie cutter approach, and he does. He's not humble. Mess, yeah, he just wants his guys to rake. Yeah. He doesn't care how they do it. That's I mean that's that's a that's an awesome thing to have for your hitting coach. Josh Donaldson came in last year, 
He took him aside when Josh was struggling in April, showed us some things he wanted him to work on. And Josh looked at him and said, that's not how I hit. No. <laughs> and Sites is like, cool. All right. Just yeah. letting you know. <laughs> yeah. And I, I could see a lot of coaches, you know, almost having just a grudge against a guy after that. Right. And not wanting him to fail, right. but wanting to be right. Yeah. Wanting him to have to yes. struggle and come back to him. And that's just not who Sites is. He's laid back. Either. Yeah, and he—that's another one of those things that you hear a lot of players talk about. Coaches that played in the big leagues and stuff, but uh-huh. the longer you've been in the league, the longer you've been around it, the more you realize that some guys just do some goofy shit and it works <laughs> for them, you know. And, and there's just there's so many ways to get the job done, but as long as you get it done, you know, I think Sites is happy. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, that's good. Uh, we got a lot of stuff coming up. Uh, obviously, we'll hope they keep playing. <laughs> so far, so good. Yeah. I mean, the Braves have been. Uh, they had that initial flurry of test test results, positive tests, four of them, but they've been good since then. And they've been, uh, from what I've seen, pretty diligent about all the stuff. And they just need everybody to do it. So let's just hope everybody can keep playing. I'm having too much fun watching these games. And, man, I, the crowd, the lack of crowds, I I'm shocked how little I notice it during the games. I'm telling you, man, that, that ambient noise and yes. an announcer, you know, you, you stop paying attention. That's why I like the cardboard cutouts because you don't see the empty seats anything yeah. back there. But the thing about the cardboard cutouts is it's so obvious. It's not like they're trying to fool you. Right, right. I was watching the Cubs game on Fox, oh, and they started throwing in those fake fans. The worst. The computer-generated stuff. Oh, it was the yeah. worst. That's terrible. I mean, it's just, they're just waving their hands around, and the terrible. ball lands on their head. Home run, you know, it's – well, yeah. That 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 you feel like you're getting manipulated or tricked, and that, exactly. that's not cool. But but the bobble the the cutouts with those big heads behind there, it's so stupid. You just Braves whatever. are doing it. They've all got I've already yeah. got them set up. I think everybody should do it. Yeah, yeah. The uh, hey hey and 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 the thing is with the, no fans in the stands. I was thinking the other day. I'm watching highlights on MLB Network, and I'm going, well, you know why it's it's not weird because a lot of these places they don't ever have anybody in the outfield seats anyway for most games, so it doesn't look any different. The only place it looks different is when the seats are empty behind home plate. Yeah, you know yeah. that's the only place you even notice it on a lot of like if they show Cincinnati or Marlins, those parks are usually empty in the outfield anyway. They're pretty thin, and you know that's that's only a percentage of the game that you're seeing that versus home plate. You see the right. entire game, yeah, every pitch. So when you see those empty seats yeah, behind right. home plate, it's a constant reminder. You're right. But when you're watching on TV and there's these cardboard cutouts or whatever, and then then there's a ball hitting the outfield, then you're like, oh shit, I forgot, right? That it's an empty stadium. But if it if it's behind the home plate's empty, I mean, it's a constant reminder. The only place I really notice it really is when they show cutaways from stadiums and they're empty like Dodger Stadium it's just vast spaces and when like a place yeah. like Wrigley Field you're so used to so many people being out there but that's it yeah. and really during the game itself I don't even notice it and no. that's great for us but the players are looking out there all game so they yeah. might I don't know how it's affecting guys mentally you know being in the empty stadium and everything I'm sure they're not getting fooled by it but the yeah. TV presentation is good enough for me alright we'll talk again on uh, Friday and Braves will have games every day because they play 20 games in the first 20 days. So hang in there. I think everybody's probably enjoying this so far. And Braves are off to a pretty decent start, all things considered, uh, considering a couple bad starts they've had. But the rotation, that was the number one question coming in. And so far, it's been the real weakness. Still getting answered. Yeah. (laughs) Working through it. All right. We'll talk to you all again on Friday. 755 is real. We're out of here. 